you'll you, you go out and you'll pick away, you'll get odd ones, but what you'll find is that they'll follow you up and whatnot, but they just, there's no malice, you know, they're just, yeah. they're not going to eat it, they're just... I'm going to say to the client tomorrow, if he gets a half-hearted rise, I'm going to say, you know, there was no malice in that rise. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, no intent, no. Yeah. Hello and welcome to the Ireland on the Fly podcast about the people and places of fly fishing in Ireland. And with Tom recently returned from his busman's holiday on the Orkneys, what better time to record another bucket list episode focusing on the brown trout fishing to be had in the northern Scottish islands. On this episode, you'll hear from some of the guides and ghillies that Tom met during his stay and you'll find out more about the landscape and history of the place. But first, Tom, I'm curious to know as to the how and why the Orkneys came onto your radar in the first place. Come on, Dara. Yeah. Um, first thing first, great. It's off the bucket list, you know, and I, that's, you know, it's always an achievement. If you have something in the bucket list, just to strike it off. Uh, and my dad, fantastic, but uh, I'll, we'll get more into that later. So the why and where, well, the why first off was my dad fished in international there in 1985. And uh, it was one place he used to always go on about. You know, he, he fished Monteith a couple of times in internationals didn't have, you know, that was Scotland, the Lake of Monteith. Um, thought it was all right. Had no Kenford to go back to, but always went on about the Orkneys. And uh, it was always a thing we'd said, generally in O'Malley's bar, that we'd go back, the pair of us. And you know, we had everything booked that night, but sure, the following day, you know the way things go. Uh, it never materialized. And unfortunately, sure, he passed away before we ever got to do it. So it was one regret. So I, I'd always wanted to, to 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 go to it, so it was there in the back of my mind, and I think what pushed it a bit further was, and this is one I've always gone on about the joys of competition fishing was, um, I was fishing an airflow final in Rutland, mm. and um, and in competition fishing you get to meet people generally because you're paired with them in the boat, and I got drawn with Ken Kennedy from the Orkney Islands uh, on the second day of the event, and we had a great day, and Ken was a great, really we really hit it off in the boat with great crack that day um, fishing the South Arm if I remember and um, I remember he gave me a load of flies that evening I think I gave him flies well I gave him some Irish flies he gave me some of the flies for the Orkneys and he said I remember him saying you've got to you've got to you've got to come to the Orkneys I said sure <laughs> I want to come and I explained everything to him but he said no no you've got to come and um, that's actually 10 years ago yeah 10 yeah. years in the making and so did you round up a crew like was it yeah round up a crew uh I got a nice number together, four, great number. Now, and this is interesting. I was thinking the dy- the dynamics of let's say because the last trip uh, show we did was after you went to Greenland. You know, you just joined a group that was going. Yeah. So it was everybody coming in, but because we organised it itself, we picked and we kept it at four, so we knew everybody. So on it was Mike Keady, um, uh, well known in this parish, as they say. <laughs> Friend of the show, baby. Friend of the show. <laughs> Friend of the show, yeah. Kevin Kerrigan uh, and Mike Shanks. And Kevin and Kerrigan and Mike Shanks live here beside me. And Kevin and Mike and myself have been on trips to Durness before. And Mike had been to the Orkneys before. So it was okay. Yeah, so it was great. It was good. It was a nice number. We've all fished together before. So it was great. We all knew another. So tell me this, right? Because I think of the Orkneys. And I'm always like, there's the Orkneys, the Hebrides, Shetland, right? <laughs> there's a lot of islands. Yes. You imagine the map of Scotland yeah. that you see, right? And uh, for those who know, John O'Groats in the top northeastern corner, yeah? Mm-hmm. Now, there's two groups of islands north of Scotland. The Orkneys are the one closer. And it's the Hebrides above it? No, the Hebrides on the west coast. See, this, I'm always getting this wrong. So what's yeah, above the Orkneys? The Shetlands. Ah, <sighs> Mike Shanks would not be happy with you because in a former life, Mike Shanks was a geography teacher. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Scot- <laughs> Scotland wasn't big on our on our list. No, it wasn't, like, yeah. you know, wasn't big on Kevin Kerrigan either because he was on the <laughs> phone one night and he said, to, said "I'm here in the Hebrides." <laughs> <laughs> so, so, how, so was it a bit? Of, so, what, so what's the journey like to get there? That's the thing. It's not easy. Yeah, it's tell me. okay. So we left Kernamona. All of us left around between five clock at quarter past five on Friday morning, mm-hmm. uh, drove up to Belfast, got an 11 o'clock ferry to Karen Ryan, got into Karen Ryan at 10 to 2, 2 o'clock, made it to Stirling for a stop there to pick up some flies in a shop at Stirling. And um, from then, 
did another three hours and we stopped in Aviemore for fish and chips. Drove through Inverness, uh, went through Inverness about nine o'clock and got into a place we booked up in Strapheffer, which is north of Inverness, half night that night. And then from there, then is it a ferry then? Yeah, two and a half hour drive in the morning to get to the ferry. So we got to the Orkneys about mid, just about half one the following on the Saturday. So, and how long so, is the ferry then across? It's not that long. It's about an hour. It, it's it's a hard place to get to. That's the one thing I'll warn anybody coming from going to Ireland. But it's you know it's doable as long as you know. And what's your what was your media impression when the ferry's coming in across the water and you're landing on the island? What are you thinking? Oh, Jeez, it's, it's just like, like home. It's like coming into Clegan Harbour. <laughs> I came uh, all this way. Cup, think Margaret's hope. So, um, yeah, it was it was it was great. It was just I look, we were like like kids going into a toy store, getting yeah. to land on it. You know, we were all excited and everything. Naturally, we were. Uh, so we had to we the ferry landed in the south, right on the southern tip of what was. It is an island, but they're joined by causeways now. Churchillian Causeways. Uh, anybody who knows their uh, naval history and wartime history, um, Scapa Flow. First of all, the German fleet was scuttled there at the end of World War One, and the wrecks are still there. And we've taken pictures. Oh my God! And it's amazing. There's um, there was over I think fifty ships scuttled. It was after the First Isle Treaty, and the German admiral didn't want to hand over the ships because they were going to go to the Allies. So he scuttled them. Um, and the wrecks are still there. You can still see them. And it's over 100 years. Now, there's oh, yeah. not a lot of them left, but you can see big um, uh, cogged wheels and everything um, <laughs> and, and mass sticking up. So it's fantastic. So you drive over these causeways. And the reason the causeways were put in was to stop um, the, the Royal Navy used to have a base in Scapa Flow. And the, the Royal Oak was um, sunk in for early in the Second World War. Because the U-boats were able to go between the islands. So what they did was they, they, they built three causeways to make it harder for them. So you drive over these causeways and you can see the wrecks. That's, that's amazing as soon as you go in. So are all the Orkneys, it's three islands or is it more than three islands? Oh God, there's, there's, there's 14 inhabited islands and seven. It's, I, I think it's more. I have to check that. Or there's, there's a heap of islands, as we'd say and and what's the landscape? Is it just kind of flat, hilly, okay, stony? There's one as you're as you're coming in. There's one island that's a bit like the highlands, in that it has the mountain and everything. But the rest of it is just at most hilly. And is it dotted with lakes? Well, we were on the mainland, and I wouldn't say dotted with lakes, but there there, there are a lot of lakes. We passed a few on the way. Um, I don't know how many there are. That, uh, for fishing, I think there's about eleven or twelve on the on the island on the mainland. And then the other islands are all dotted with lakes. I think it was the week you were there. I was fascinated. <laughs> there was rumours of the Orkneys um, local yeah. county council um, <laughs> looking into maybe joining up with the Norwegian Federation or something like this. So is there a very like so culturally are they very different to the Scottish mainland as islanders normally are? But like are they because yeah. it was part because okay, correct me if I'm wrong. That would have been part of the Norwegian. Empire up until yeah. 500 years ago or something like I think it was about the 12 to 1300s or 1400s in around then and what happened was King of Scotland married uh, the Norwegian a Norwegian princess who was daughter of the King of Norway and the dowry was never paid and in lieu of the dowry not been paid Scotland received the Orkney Islands yeah so what so up until then they were always mm-hmm. part of the Norwegian yeah yeah, which is fascinating, isn't it? Considering how close they were to the Scottish mainland. Yeah, but yeah, really, but they always really looked. Is. They looked more east to or northeast yeah, or whatever. And like Norway. the names of the place, you know, Kerbister, uh, Murkister, Stennis, Strona, Stronas, you know. And there's and Kevin and myself were asking because Kevin and myself, we, we could occasionally be speaking in Irish between us, the pair of us. And we asked, was there any Gaelic or history of Gaelic on on the island? And there isn't. There's no history of Gaelic been spoken on the islands. So, come here. You, you've spoken to a few of the. We'll, we'll get into the fishing as well in a little bit. Um, yeah. Uh, but you also spoke to a couple of the kind of the Gaelies and the guides. Yeah. Uh, well, on the it was islands. a real. It was a real busman's holiday. So we decided yeah. well back that we were going to get boatmen mm. or Gillies. We, we knew the size of the lake, and Ken will tell us about them when I'm talking to him. Not sure when we play the clip of me talking to him. 
But we just look, you know, Harry is Harry is big enough, you know, can see it. So we just said, look, for ease of everything, we got Gilly. So um, we had uh, four Gillies for the, the trip that we were there, and I got to have done clips with three of them. And it's great to hear their perspective on things. Um, so uh, just to give you a rundown, like first that weekend for for, um, for a couple of days. And um, so I got Ken, who's heavily involved with them, as all of the lads are that we had with the Orkney fly fishing, uh, the Orkney um, the club. And we'll talk about that later. But um, so um, I got chatting to them. But um, the main thing was, first thing I asked Ken to talk about tell us was uh, different lakes on the island and the ones that matter to the lads that are going fishing. There's four or five main main locks with boats and boat hire on them. Uh, um, there's Swanee, um, which is probably the second biggest one. And then it's a peat, peat, peat water, peat stained lock, a brown water lock as we call them. And um, pretty shallow apart from up the middle there's lots of scaries and rocks and things and an island it's quite an interesting lock to fish and then we have uh, going west we've got Hunland which is again a brown water lock very shallow uh, very dangerous <laughs> because yeah there's, it's, full, it's full of full of scaries and you can't see them they're the same color as the water it's it's dangerous um then we have Boardhouse, which is the uh, Hunland runs into Boardhouse. It it's feeds into Boardhouse, and uh, Boardhouse is a water supply for the for the county. Um, Boardhouse is probably the visitors' favourite loch because it's, it's it's safe, isn't it? It's safe. It's yeah. no scary. Yeah. You can yeah. <laughs> you can you can pretty much drift end to end, side to side, and. Yeah. You'll only get shallows at the edges. And it's about, uh, and it's, about the, it's about the same size as Swanee, yeah. Yeah, I would say so. I just a bit, probably... bit, bit, bit smaller naturally because you said uh, Swanee, yeah, second biggest, yeah. but it, it's not too much smaller than Swanee. No, not really. No, it's and then we've got well the jewel and the crown as far as most people are concerned. That's Harry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's. The biggest lock, it's three and three quarter square miles or something. Mm. Um, what, what is it from end to end? What's the distance from end four to end? And a, it's four and a half miles at its longest. And, right. Yeah. Uh, um, a mile and three quarters at its widest point. Right. And there's, well, there's 14 miles of shoreline, so it's very popular for wading anglers, you know. Yeah, it's a uh, it's probably. a big lake, and like we've seen from Manana, you can get a, a fine big roller on it, can can't you? Oh, oh, you can get good. Uh, you get when it's a southeasterly, northwesterly, you can get a good. You can get a good wave in it. All right, it's mm. it's there's the S Homes. It's a strip of islands that's basically go across the middle of it. It's about halfway, and it breaks up. The, the the waves pretty much from getting huge if you know what I mean yeah that bit that so, bit more or less in the middle yeah uh, that's, yeah that's that's S homes I yeah um it's it's a just a freshwater loch it's got a lot of big burns that run into it. Uh, very good spawning facilities in the burns um where it, along with the other lochs, um, the Trout Fishing Association have a hatchery. Uh, we don't stock any of the main locks at all. Uh, we don't yeah. think that we need to because there's nothing broken that we can see. So uh, it's, it's a bit of a myth, you know, because you know people think that we stock all the big locks. We don't. We stock the North Isles and some of the smaller locks in Orkney that don't have spawning facilities. Yeah, it's very interesting. You were telling telling me that. So basically, what on like for those who don't know, there's a lot of islands in the Orkneys, and um, all these lakes are on the mainland. But you have lakes on some of the North Isles that never had. Uh, fish. And no, that, you've taken fish from the hatchery and put them yeah. into these lakes. And how have they done? 
Oh, tremendous, unbelievably yeah. well, and uh, especially in Sandy in the North Isles, uh, it's pretty famous now for its trophy fish. Um, there's three lochs in Sandy: B Loch, North Loch, and Ruse. Um, B Loch is the most prolific. Um, it fishes really well, um, and because uh, the rules and regulations that are put on us by Marine Scotland, it, we, we can only stock it from one um, area of, you know, like it's harry fish that are in it. Right. So it's only can, stocked with harry fish, yeah? With, with harry fry, yeah. It's all fry, but we don't, we used to grow them on to fingerling to a year old, but we, because we had to shift. The hatchery and it's it's on a loch, a kerbister loch. It's a water supply, so we can't feed the fish because we wouldn't we wouldn't ever get a consent to discharge back into the loch if you know what I mean. Yeah, having yeah. fed them and doing all sorts of things, so we just put all the fish out as fry, and it seems to work. Nice. I know a lot of them will uh, won't see uh, full maturity, but. Uh, Obviously, enough of them do. Obviously, some of them do, you know? Yeah. Obviously, yeah, some of them yeah. do. And you say Baylock, actually, quite a few of them, obviously, do, and do well, yeah? Oh, yes. Uh, you can, there's, you know, there's every chance of catching a five and six pound plus fish off, yeah. off of Baylock on a trip, yeah. Yeah, and they, uh, they're all, they're mainly shore fishing, aren't they, those locks? Yeah. Uh, there are, um, people that are, anglers are getting more, up to speed with float tubes. Right. It's ideal for a float tube because it's just, it's, you know, it's pretty much uh, it's safe. You know what I mean? It's not mm. too big and it's uh, it's not too rocky. Yeah. So uh, quite a lot of boys take float tubes and do well with the float tubes. As far as I'm aware, there are no boats for hire anymore, but it's you know, I mean, boys from the from mainland don't need to take their own boats over and launch them and have oh, yeah. a couple of days on it. Yeah, no, you can do that. Yeah. One of the lads was saying that, all right. But, like, to be honest, yeah. you, from what I'm hearing, I mean, it's still quite successful fishing from the shore on those locks as well. Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 As long as there's not, it, it's it's very quickly stirs up, you know, it gets, it gets turbid very quickly because it's so shallow and so muddy. Yeah. So if there's, if there's any wind in the forecast, I would reschedule <laughs> right. because it just it, it just turn, turns over that yeah. quick, you know. Well, I remember before we were going over, I had mentioned it to you about the possibility. Yeah. I think uh, logistically, you'd want to be there for kind of longer than a week. The week we were there to take nah. it, yeah, because it's it's not. Nah, you hardly get, yeah, you hardly get it all all the mainland logs in in a week, you know. No, we didn't actually. We didn't. And it's interesting there. You described Hunland. We didn't get onto Hunland. No. We didn't get on to Stennis. You have mentioned Stennis, but funny enough, Stu, uh, was chatting to Stu earlier and he told us a bit about Stennis. And that's that's an amazing lock with the, the, the salt water and the tidal element as well. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, you just never know what you're going to get there, really. Um, yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can catch a brown trout, a sea trout. Uh, Pollock. Pollock, yeah. turbot, yeah, you name it. Yeah, I just think that's crazy. That's uh, crazy. And, See, I, and I, Harry, I, of, I, Harry, of course, runs into that. Mm. Of course, uh, he, there's a bridge. Now we're mainly talking like for them for for the fishing there. It's mainly brown trout, but you do get sea trout. You get sea trout in Stennis, and you do get sea trout in Harry as well, don't you? Uh, they they run through from Stennis. Uh, yeah, there's a there's a a, a bridge between. Harry and Stennis, and there's um, many years, many many years ago, there was a big fish kill on Harry due to it was uh, low water levels, and it got a, there was a high tide, and it got a big influx of salt water. Oh, right, and, yeah, and it basically took all the oxygen out of the water that was in there. So basically, all the trout suffocated and died. They were trying to run up the burns. Right, you know, for fresh water. Yeah, they were, wow. Yeah, they were, they were apparently they were apparently using JCB diggers to clear out the burns of trout that was in them, dead trout that was in them. Right. So anyway, they decided then that that wasn't ever going to happen again. So what they did was 
you know, there's a, there's a openings, openings in the brig to let it run backwards and forwards. Yeah. You know, where, you know, Harry can run into Stennis when the tides are low. Right, okay. When the tides are high, Stennis can, used to be able to. So what they did was they put, they put mechanical flaps on the Stennis side. Right. So that if it's higher than Harry, it shuts the flaps and it can't get in anymore. Right. And that, that it's... Uh, that's, that's stopping that's that ever happening in. again. Uh, and that's how the seat out get in is when the flaps open. That well, well, that's that's amazing. That's amazing, but it yeah. still but it still doesn't stop sea trout running in because sea trout. No, when Stennis is lower, Stennis is lower and Harry's higher. Yeah, yeah. There's, oh, a, wow. there's a good run. There's a good run through the brig then when when they're open. Yeah, wow, they're awesome through. That's amazing. Uh, I was chatting there to Stu, and he was telling me you have a really active club on on the on the Orkneys. Uh, yeah, uh, really impressed. We were talking about the sites and everything. Um, how long has it been on the go? Yeah. Oh, well, um, we've had our centenary year, right. uh, but I can't, I, I can't for the life of me remember <laughs> how many years ago that was. Right. Okay. So, um, so it's been, been around a while. Uh, it might be a hundred and twenty, maybe hundred and twenty years old, hundred and twenty-five, something like that, maybe. Right, so there's a really well, and, uh, I can get it there. Yeah, there's a lot. We get we get um, we get well supported by visiting anglers as well. You know, the, there's a there's a visiting anglers membership if the if this care to join the association. You know, we have we have no legal powers or or anything jurisdiction on the locks. Mm. We're just custodians. perceived to be the custodians, if you yeah. know what I mean. You know, so. And might I add, uh, Ken, very good custodians. Uh, well, yeah. it's, 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 you know, it's full of really active members of the committee and the members are always keen to help out in whatever. Mm. You know, uh, we've got in excess of 500 members a season. Yeah. Uh, 200 and odd locals and 200 and odd visitors. Yeah. And unfortunately, only about three or four juniors. That's the uh, sad bit. Well, funny, we've discussed that quite a bit, Darren, myself, yeah. on the podcast here. And, I mean, that's not just an Orkney problem. You know, no. that's that's a problem throughout the, throughout the fly fishing world and in the fishing world. And it's yeah. something we try, have to try and address. I don't know. I don't know what the, what the long term is going to be. Uh, we'll wait and see. Um, uh, yeah, but no, I'm with you on that. Uh, it, you don't see, there's not a hell of a lot of young anglers coming up. So it's something that really we have to put as much effort into as we can, wherever we uh, can, you know. The, 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 the authorities and that don't make it easy, though. So, you know, it's, you know, there's they put all sorts of re- restrictions in your way, you know, really. It's yeah. Difficult. There are, and the, 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 the only, the only, well, I think the way is, you know, their parents have to take an active part. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Even if it's getting in them first yeah, involved see, in fly probably, buying or something. It, it's probably easier in a lot of other sports where they can just drop the kids off to training and collect no, them. I, you know, yeah. let's say if it's football yeah. training or whatever. But uh, yeah. yeah, because, you know, going out in the boat and yeah. There are there there are obstacles in our way. It's different to when you and I were growing up, Ken, where we just went off on a bike. That's right. <laughs> you know, uh, and, and weren't seen again until sundown. Pleaded with the pleaded with my old man to take to take me with him. You know, just yeah. be, you know, yeah. actually speaking sitting, of that, Ken, sitting in the front of the boat. Eh? Speaking of that, Ken, you're not originally an Arcadian. No, no, no. I'm, west of I'm Scotland. From the, the west. Of, I'm from Lochaber. It's. Uh, Fort William, the West Coast. Uh, I grew up fishing all the big locks, the Western locks, um, Loch Arcade and Loch Lochy, and some good sea trout locks in the early days. I can remember fishing them. I'm well, not fishing, but I was there mm. in the boat with my father in, in Loch Eilt and things like that down at Loch Eilt. Uh, that's where it all started for me. 
But uh, you got brought, you got hauled up to the Orkneys anyway, and you ended up in the. No, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I got smitten now. <laughs> never, I don't regret a minute of it. Oh well, you've never looked back. You've never looked no. back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, there are a lot worse places you could have been smitten in. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there is. Yeah. So at the moment, just going out, the fishing is still going really good for you there, isn't it? Yeah, I was out today. Um, Harry was fished well again. It's the fish are still in the same sort of areas. I I I think you know they're just in that sort of depth between shallow and, right. and deep. You know they're just in about six feet of water where you can just see the bottom. You know just uh, that's where they seem to be holding at the minute. And I I see one the, of the deep water. You know the deep, deep water the deep hasn't water really come on. Yeah, it has it. Eh? As the deep waters hasn't really come on yet. No, not not yeah. really on. No, I, I, the fish are definitely out there. Yeah, but um, the water quality's got to improve a wee bit before I think they'll switch on in the deep water. Yeah, and, uh, and you you you'll go out and you'll pick away. You'll get odd ones, but what you'll find is that they'll follow you up and put not. But they just there's no malice, you know. They're just following. Yeah. They're, they're not going to eat it. They're just. I like that. I'll use that again. There's no malice. <laughs> no, no. I'm going to say that if I have a client, I'm a, if I'm, I'm going to say to the client tomorrow, if he gets a half-hearted rise, I'm going to say, you know, there was no malice in that rise. I <laughs> know <laughs> uh, intent. No, no. But uh, now they just come up and sail past it and go back doing again. You know, they just. Yeah. I don't but, believe they ever open their mouths. Yeah, they no intention of it. But uh, just talking there, and you're saying water quality. I mean, the water quality still holds up well, so you'd be happy for the future there. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. We don't have any problems other than yeah. we do have a, a, an algae problem in Harry in the spring. It's a it's a brown algae, but it's a you know it's a cold water algae. So when the water warms up, it kills it off. And usually, usually by this time, Harry's gin crystal clear, but it's not mm. quite there yet. Right. Yeah. It'll, it'll come hopefully. Another logs are fine. They, they don't have any problems. Swanee, Swanee just is what it is. It var- just varying degrees of peat stain. Yeah, it is very peat stain. It was like like me, like fishing a sea trout lock. That's what I thought with it. Yeah. Ah, right. Aye. And the, and the, the the fish are a lot darker, of course. Yeah, they are. Yeah. No, but virgin, like virgin and black at times. Yeah, yeah. It was amazing actually. But then to uh, go to the, the Harry Fisher, so beautiful. Really interesting stuff there, Tom, uh, from Ken. Um, kind of gives us some really interesting insights from um, and hatchery as well. Uh, we've yeah, into, yeah, we might that get into very, that yeah. if we've had well, that's if we a thorny issue. It, no, yeah, we I think it's something we've got to discuss at a future date. Yeah, yes, yes. Uh, watch this space. I do definitely mm. want to, we will be covering it. Um, but interesting, then he's talking there. We heard just at the end about the, the, the quality of the water and. Obviously, how well it looked after it is, and interestingly, for an island, you were saying is it's actually quite an agricultural island. It's there's good yeah. farmland there. Like, oh yeah, the, the, that was the thing that struck us. Like, because I've been up in the northwest uh, Scotland before, and up in the Highlands, and I wasn't expecting. Well, it got there. I mean, uh, the girl, the the woman we got the house off, that they're farmers, and she was telling us like, the Orkneys has the highest uh, rate of grass growth in great britain it is God. phenomenal and it was just like when we were there there was this the pet what is it pedal to the mass you know that diesel song you know, um that there was nothing but mikhail bailers and everything going around they're cutting silage cutting hay yeah it's it's a really good agricultural land well, what is it dairy beef what is it uh there's a mixture there is there is dairy on it there is beef uh mainly cattle and um we didn't see a fair few sheep uh None of the mountainies that I know so well, my here, um, you know, uh, good lowland breeds. Uh, the cattle were in fine fettle. I mean, you, you wouldn't have to be a stockman to look at them to realize that, whoa. That, you know. But it, it was really amazing. It was really good agricultural land. Now, Swanee, all right. We discussed about there, which is the Petier Lock. That's, all right. That's in the northern part of the mainland, and it's a bit hilly there. But uh, the, the, the rest of it, like Harry, is just surrounded by lush green fields. How many people are living on it? It gives an idea, like, what would you drive? I think the population of the Orkney is about 20,000. 
There's a okay. lot of people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're going to say like yeah. 500 people. No, I mean, this is, you know, Cork <laughs> Okay, Wall, this is Metropolis, like. Yeah, Corkwall will be this, uh, the size of an Irish provincial town. Jesus, okay. Oh, oh yeah. And, you know, we entered Kirk only twice. But yeah, no, no, a lot of people on it. How long would it take you to go from one length of the main island to the other? Okay, so for example, where we got the ferry was on the southeastern corner of the island, and we were closer to the northwestern corner. So it took us 35 minutes. Not the Iron Islands. Like. Well, like as Ken said, I mean, like Harry, <laughs> no, it's not like the Iron Islands, but like Harry is four and a half miles long. Yeah. You know, you think of it like, yeah. Yeah. Which was your favorite lake? I think Harry. I really think Harry was just, um, it was fantastic. Now, Swanee was nice. Um, and Boardhouse, we fished Swanee, Boardhouse, and Harry. And we left the last day open to do one of the three lakes. Now, at that stage, we'd done three days in Harry, half a day in Swanee because we lost it, as Norman tells us later on, and a full day on Boardhouse. But, and then all of us agreed for the last day we'd go back to Harry. Yeah. All it was just, yeah. I mean, the fishing, the fishing was just amazing. And there was two types, and, and discussing because Ken mentions about the sunk line fishing there. But primarily, primarily we did fishing the hogs, right? And hogs are like hedgehogs, peat mm. hogs. So they're, they're dressed with the deer hair on the back. And so we started off, let's say the first day on Harry, and we were with Norman. And we started off. Now we had a couple of hogs on and everything because he'd given us that in the morning and gained up. And uh, it said floater, one line he goes like an intermediate, slower flask, and goes fast generally that I use. Okay. So we did that. He says he normally fishes four. We both hedge for three that day to be the cast made up. Gink, gink up on the back. And we asked all three of them. He says, yeah, all three of them. So we started fishing as we went home. And after 10 minutes, we'd one tentative rise. And you could sense it with, you could sense it with our, being a boatman, I kind of knew. And uh, I just said, okay, no, what are we doing wrong? <laughs> and I immediately said, okay, you cast them way too far. And you're retrieving way too fast. And he said, yeah, short, shorten the length you're casting. We're casting probably like Daphne style, Mask Carver, or Melvin, probably chucking out 25 uh, meters in line and ripping it back. So bring it out to 15 meters of line and put it out. He said, the important thing then is three or four pulls and then start lifting the rod, but keep the pulls going. While you're so lifting. Wh wh yeah, while you're lifting. So that actually sped up. If you think, like lifting the rod is part of a retrieve anyway, but the retrieve is about. So what it did was the first couple of the pulls and then as you lifted the rod, kind of retrieved it and it brought you dibbling them far out. But it was amazing. The response was immediate. And tell me this, like a kind of tactic like that or a technique like that, would you try it on carob? Yeah, of course. Like that's what I'm yeah. saying. Have you have you yeah. kind of gone, ooh, I'll try yeah. this now? Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to try it on, on the Daphne feeders, yeah. which we'll be we'll be trying it to do. Now, the other thing that I absolutely adored, and Ken was on about there that it's not on, was their sunk line fishing. And basically, and this is amazing because we all think, you know, DI7s, DI5s and DI7s, mm. you think rainbows, yeah, boobies and that. They used DI sevens, DI seven sweeps mainly on Harry. Uh, so I had to go on one af uh, one afternoon a session on oh, absolutely fantastic. So you, this you do chuck out a long line and use completely different fights of the hogs. Like why did you use the hogs here? What you're using is basically they're like muddlers with marabou wings right. and ga very garish. Very they had a fly called the Boris, which was uh, yeah yeah. <laughs> There was bright orange. Could have been called the Donald. Yeah, but it's called Boris on here. The murky maid, a couple of the hulks. So guys who know them. So anybody who's aware of these patterns, they've seen them. But uh, that's the names of them. Um, so you chuck it out and you would count. You know, it's a bit of a counter, like you do on Ramos. But next thing you start ripping it back, burying the tree, figure of eight. Oh, I had a fantastic session. I did a couple hours and I had seven trout. Uh, the first cast, I did a hang on the first cast. I was just holding it and I saw my bars just fly down and the fish took the uh, uh, second fly down from it. Oh, yeah. And it was in straight away. Um, where that came to four, there was an international there in 2011. And 
teams that had the DI7 sweep swept, swept the board. I was actually the Welsh team. And uh, it was phenomenal catches. I think the, the top of the day bolted 18 trout. And ate a couple of threes with one cast. Because you go through shows. But it, it was amazing. Um, wasn't really on, so we only did it for an afternoon. But, but, but I loved it. it. They just seemed to move off the shallows. It may be with war, warmer water temperatures. Like, Harry is a shallow lake. Beautiful lake. And as he says, it's clear. For anybody who's ever fished carrot, Loch Carrot, the trout are very similar. Like they were beautiful fish. And when we put out the, when we put out the, the thing on social media, we'll have a couple of pictures of them up. They're yeah. really bright and golden. They're beautiful. But it's not a very deep lake. I think the deepest part might only, God, I don't know. Like, even, well, all I can say is, like, when I was fishing the sunk line, I was in about 12 foot of water. Counted down one, the longest countdown I, I did that I fish on was, I counted down 15, chucked it out, counted down 15 seconds, figure eight and started pulling. And I think it was on the second pull. Out of fish, yeah, it's class. What kind of average size are we getting? Okay, this is the thing they are smaller, they are smaller fish. Uh, size limit on Harry is 11 inches. Okay, so for any any competition, if, you, if you're keeping a fish, it's an 11 inch size limit. The biggest fish we had for the week was two pounds. Okay, so you don't get that. There are big fish and, and there are trophy water fish, they're generally not they're the smaller lakes, lakes on the other island, but what. They lack for in size. They make up for I make up for in numbers. Like we had close on two hundred and forty fish between the four of us for five and a half days fishing. You'd be on a drift, and yeah, if you only got a couple of pulls, you'd be like, I thought. Was that was it. I, I was out with Mike Shanks one morning. First drift, it was on Harry. We boated seven trout. Uh, Mike lost two playing them. Like he's well into playing them. Norman had the net out and everything. I tumbled to one really good fish in the water on the hogs. It's just a golden explosion. The rod of bend and come back, and you would say, "Oh, that was rather unfortunate. Maybe <laughs> I should get the next one." <laughs> um, very calmly. Uh, yeah. oh, oh, good luck to you. Um, but <laughs> so the next drift after that, I think we rose three fish, and Mike got one of them. And we looked at one another and went, mm, "Geez, that that was a quiet drift." <laughs> spoiled like already. Yeah, absolutely spoiled. Yeah, but the numbers and the activity, and actually they fought very well as well. And also as well, think of it like it's an 11 inch size limit on Loch Melvin. And Loch mm. Melvin is one of my, you know, so. So this leads me to the next question, which is, so the no, if it's numbers, smaller size, less numbers, bigger size, say, <laughs> Cara, what would you, yeah. what's your preference now? If you had the oh. choice. Yeah, it's a, that's, that's a really good question. Do you know what? Because I no, I passed the biggest fish. And you know the, the stages of fishing. Yeah, yeah, you, start, yeah. you want to catch a fish, then you want to catch loads of fish, then you want to catch the biggest fish, then you want to catch most challenging fish. And mm. um, I'd probably hedge for loads of fish. Again. More, more action. It was just it was phenomenal. Well, especially though, I suppose like when you're on holidays, you want the action. You know I mean? you know yeah, I mean? you really do. So you really would you do. recommend the Orkneys as like for you know, beginners then as well, like that it's oh, yeah, decent. yeah. Well, anybody who's a capable wet fly fisher, yeah, you can, uh, you know, as you said, you can throw 15, 15 meters of fly line, yeah, no problem, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And no, you, will, and, uh, you will get action, yeah, you will get action, but uh, no, the fishing just absolutely phenomenal uh, and very interesting. And the hogs they take, like we've used hogs here, you'd have a green peter hog, a fiery brown hog, the hogs there are. Very garish. That's the only thing. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and did you Nor- take a few flies before back like, that you'll try? Yeah, the- yeah. I've, I have them there. I mean, we had flies going. We tied a few. We even tied a few there. Uh, the lads, very good. Give us a couple of their patterns. Stu and Norman and Ken. Uh, they had flies for us. They were really hmm. good. Well, um, So we were well, well equipped them. So they will be tried here. But the garishness uh, got them. And then Norman was saying, you know, um, he used to, because Stan Headley, who wrote um, the Flies of Scotland book, and very into his flies and everything. But Norman, uh, Norman invented the, ha- the original half hop as well. But he was saying, like, in discussion with Stan, that Stan would be asking, why are they taking this garish thing? And rightly, you'd be wondering, why would they be doing that? And Norman said, you know what? Sometimes you just don't ask. Sometimes you just fish them. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's just, you yeah. know, you know, if it works, you know, don't get bogged down on it, you know, and yeah. they really did take it. Yeah. So what, will we hear from uh, one of the other Bowman? Um, was it Stuart Leslie? Is it? Yeah. Let's hear to Stuart now. And it's really good because it's very interesting. I was chatting to, to, to Stu and I wanted to ask her because talked to Stu in one of the huts there and they call them sites and the club there are really good, really progressive club and have been for years. But on all the, the, the five main lakes that Ken alluded, uh, that Ken discussed, they have sites on, which is um, uh, like a clubhouse where you can go in and everybody, like we got keys when we were there. We, Ken mentioned everybody joined. We joined as visiting anglers and we were given keys so we could have used it for the week we were there. Uh, they were fantastic. And that's one of the things I wanted to ask um, to Stu about and the club. But very interesting because Ken didn't mention it there when we were talking about Stennis, but Stu lives beside Stennis, and Stennis is a very interesting lock. So he talks about it at the end of the clip. Uh, very interesting. We have sort of five main locks, and each of the main locks have got a, a site which gives you a shelter and provides a safe launching for your boats if you have a boat. That's great. There's f- you have five of them. Yeah. yeah. And, well, there's obviously one here around Loch Harry. What other lakes are there? Um, on Loch Stennis, Loch Birdhouse, Loch Hunland, and Loch Swanee. Wow. Come here, how long have they been around for? Um, I'm not sure how long they've been. Well, the, the, the sites have been here for a long time, but they've just developed through time. You're right, yeah. If you know what I mean. They, they really are a fantastic facility. And every every club member gets uh, gets a key of it. Yeah, if, if, if you need a key, if you have a boat, you, you can get a key if you want it. If you don't want it, right. you can But it, it just costs you, I kind of makes a couple of pounds or something for the That's, key. Yeah, yeah. And it, it fits all the sites and all the huts. It's the same key fits all the facilities. Oh, right. So once you have a key for it, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Uh, it really is, I mean, we're, we're, we've been so impressed with all the facilities you have here. It's, it's been just fantastic. Um, how, like, you're a really good club. How many members do you have? Um, I think, on average, I think it's about 500 right. members. And, but, well, it's maybe 50, 50 with, between visiting anglers and local anglers. Right. Because a lot of the local, the visiting anglers, when they come up here, they just join the club. I think it's about £30 for the for a visiting angler. Right, yeah, that's, think, that's well, we've all, we've all done that. Yeah. Here. We've tried to do our bit because uh, it really has been, we're so impressed with what's been here. I thought we, we do a little bit as well, but I'd imagine most, most ads, most visiting anglers would be the same. Yeah, thing. yeah. And that's why you have 500. Yeah, that's yeah, right, yeah. 500. Yeah, I mean, it's good facilities. It makes easy access, you know. They, yeah. they don't have to... Think well, they're going to get to the lock. It's they just go to the site and they're there. It's there, and anybody, and then once you're in, you can leave a boat here, and that's, that's yeah, that's right. You, you pay extra for a boat, but it's something like two pound as well, I think. Right. Yeah, oh so it's just nominal. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's not going to break the bank. No, no. Yeah, yeah. And you know, we're here on Harry today, and we have been on Boardhouse and uh, and on Swanee, but you live right beside Stennis. That's right. So yeah, a bit of a you have a bit of a pension. You like Stennis, do you? Yes, I, yes, it's. I want to say it's my favourite lock, but it's on my doorstep, so I I can walk there. <coughs> Excuse me, I can walk there in five minutes. Yeah. And fashion, it's. But Stennis is funny because Stennis is actually like salt water, isn't it? That's right. Yeah, it's a uh, uh, brackish water. Yeah. Um, it's it's it has a tide cycle, but yeah. it, it goes. It takes two weeks to fill up. It's amazing. And two yeah. weeks to yeah. to can drop again. And you and you've caught like you've caught flounder and pollock there. Well, yeah, I've not caught flounders, but I've seen flounders. You've seen the flounders? Yeah. You've caught pollock? I've caught pollock, yeah. yeah. Right, and trout. Yeah, <laughs> and sea trout. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so it's, but I think that in days gone by, they've got herring and stuff in there as well. Right. Or mackerel and stuff like that. And it's about the same size as La Harry here, is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So nearly 3,000 acres, I think. Oh, right. So, yeah, they're big enough pieces of water. Yeah, it's roughly the same size as Rutland water. Yeah. Roughly the same size in area. No, that's that's it. Really is really is fantastic. Uh, outside of Stennis, what's your favourite lot? They're all my favourite. I would say I don't yeah. I don't really mind. Don't yeah, mind. yeah, don't yeah. Mind. yeah. The nicest fish are on on Harry. Yeah, nicest looking fish and they're good fish on Harry. Just another interesting aspect to it, Tom, is uh, the competition fishing. There's a big competition scene on the Orkneys. Yeah, there is. Well, they're a really strong club. It's- as you heard Stu say there with the members and everything, but and but there is a really strong competition scene there. Um, and it's what keeps the club going there. I, I found out since they actually run, because I was chatting to Norman about it, and we'll, we'll hear Norman's clip later on, they run 16 competitions a year. 
and it, it's great because he gets all the club members together, gets them, gets them out together, gets them out fishing. And it's a real focal point for the for the club. But it's um it's it's very um very serious up there because um when I was in in the in the site on Harry, that's their hut, they have an anger of the year um a competition. And uh so how that works is you fish 16 competitions, but you take your 10 best results. Okay. And I'm looking at even now, they still have a healthy, most competitions will have 25 to 30 rods fishing them. So it's fairly serious. So, and taking your 10 best results and a point system, and whoever's the top gets clubman of the year. So as you can imagine, it's fairly healthy. But um, um, Norman's been quite successful. In it. And for anybody, you, like it was great to chat to Norman. I'd heard of Norman long, long ago. Um, it's because anybody who's ever read Stan Headley's The Lockfisher Bible, or his book, The Flies of Scotland, or regularly, regularly writes in trout and salmon. And Stan is from the Orkneys himself. But um, uh, Norman fished a lot with him, so I'd heard him. And, but Norman was also very successful early with the Orkneys team from the 90s, which won the Benson and Hedges twice. And the Benson and Hedges was a fairly um, uh, prestigious co- team competition back in the 90s. I suppose the one we have now will be the airflow that we have now with the mm. equivalent. It used to be the Anglian Water. There was the Hardy. But when it started off, it was in the days when uh, cigarette companies could sponsor things. Well, I'm thinking <laughs> of the snooker. Wasn't it B&H? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. B&H, yeah. yeah. And Benson Edge was really good on that. They sponsored um, the, the team competition. So they, they won it twice. And that was, that was very big because like, uh, they're, like they said themselves, they were coming down from brown tout waters up in the Orkneys. And um, to do that was some some achievement. To do it once was some achievement. Do it twice. They also had a um, silver medal as well in it. So I would have, but I was a big trout fisherman reader back in the day, and yeah. I used to always read the results. So I was well aware of it. Um, so it was, it was great to meet to him and, to, and talk to him about it. Is it really like? Do you get that sense? Like population twenty thousand. You know, there's obviously a lot of visiting anglers. Is fly fishing a central part of island culture over there? It is, but you know, as and Ken alludes to it there. It is very much part, but it's an aging demographic. And, you know, like you've seen it. Yeah, seen it there, definitely. But that said, it is very big though. And, you know, you know where we're staying or you're here for fishing, you know, quite often it's a bit like around here. You'd see cars going around with rod holders on, you know, <laughs> which I always think, you know, you'd wave to them. Kindred <laughs> spirit, you know. Um, When's their um, big, like... They, I mean, if you look at it, they start their, um, their competitions season on the 1st of May, right? But, you know, the lake's open from March. But it really gets going, it really gets going from about May onwards there. And when, from mid-June to the end of July is probably, that would be their prime time. They have some very good fishing early in the season. And we asked about September fishing. And you hear Norman saying, but you can get caught badly. And mm. another thing that was said to us as well was, you know, you, you can lose days up there with the, with the bad weather. Mm. You can really lose days up there. Tell me, was there, in terms of like many other boats out in the lake when you were out, was it noticeably like a busy time for you? There was. Um, there was never, okay, on the smaller lakes, we fished Swanee and, and Boardhouse. The day we were on Swanee, now we got, um, that was the day we had to come off at, at lunchtime. So um, there was no other boat out that day. The day we were on Boardhouse, there was two other boats out. Now, these are the smaller lakes, but at most, um, Swanee is the second biggest lake, but it's probably about a mile long. Uh, but any day we're out on Harry, there was, uh, yeah, there was other boats out. There was other boats out with boatmen. There was other guys. Um, yeah, Harry was the busiest lake. But as, as they say, Harry is the jewel of the crown. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. Is. Uh, And also the day we were on Swanee, there was a competition on as well. And that was on Harry. Okay. So all the locals would have been on Harry that day. Yeah, they're really into the into the competition, like, and and a great yeah. way for them all to get together and. Yeah, well, you can really like see that. it's you know it's it's the glue that keeps them all together. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, but uh, you know it, it's good. You know you can. That's why it was good to talk to Norman and to hear what he said about it. And like, yeah, he's fairly keen on his old competitions. His own. Well, let's hear it actually. Yeah, um, 
the record this man has is pretty yeah, impressive yeah, as well, yeah. as we will hear. Yeah. Um, so this is Norman Irvine. Well, I, I fished to a boy when I was about six years old, yeah. and uh, but I only took up fly fishing when I was twenty-eight. So, you were saying that you, yeah. you, you took up fly fishing late enough. I did, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I seen this guy fishing fly one night, so I decided to have a go at it. So. I thought I'd fish it for a week to see how I got on, and I had 85 fish of Harry that week, so I thought that was, this is for me. So. And then you were saying, somebody said to you, well, maybe you should try competition fishing. That's right, yeah, and I got out in the first competition, I won the first competition, so <laughs> so for then on, it's just been uh, kind of hooked in it. So. Really good. Yeah. So you realised then that the competition scene was kind of good for you, yeah. right? and you got into the competitions then? I got into the competition, yes, and then started fishing for we got fishing for Scotland and then and uh, then we we decided to have a go at the Benson Hedges uh, yeah, fly the fishing. Yeah, Benson and Hedges competitions. Yeah. Were, I remember reading Trout Fishermen years ago and you'd be looking, it'd always be a three or four page spread right. of the Benson and Hedges, but you did quite well on the Benson and Hedges. Yeah, we won a silver medal in 89 and we won a gold in 91 and a gold in 94. But like, that, and I remember thinking back then because it was, you'd have looked at you were the Orkney lads and you'd have been traditional lock style fishing and you went down to the, the, the home of you know English reservoir fishing and um, came back with the honours that's right yes yeah. it's uh, heathens from Orkney we're doing <laughs> <there. laughs> we're brunt root fishers and we're beating them on their uh, on the, the ring yeah, yeah yes so when I was chatting to you um, one of the on one of the matches down there you're actually getting on drives isn't it that's right, yes. Yeah, Hi, dry fly, yeah. That was on uh, that was on Rutland here. We won it in ninety four, so yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I've been chatting before and so you'd have come back from there and we've had one day here where the DI sevens and the DI fives have worked. Did that sink and line tactics come from you going down to let's say the English reservoirs or was it Loch Leven or how did you Well it was more uh, I would say it's more Loch Leven. We we are fishing sinking lines on Le- on Loch Leven, but right. because they the, we found that the, after nine o'clock on the evening, you, you had to come up, you know. So, but then we are also fishing way Rutland. You're the, at the start, at the start when we were fishing Rutland, there was all, it was all wet fly fishing and stuff. And then, uh, later on, it was all thunder blobs and boobies yeah. and you had to fish doing for them. Yeah. And then, we tried on Harry here and it worked a treat on Harry. So, yeah. when the fish were moved out in the deeper water. So. Yeah. So we just kind of worked from there. Worked from there and brought it back and worked. Yeah. Now I have to say we've been really impressed with Harry. We've been impressed with all the lakes we've been on. Yeah. But Harry is something special, isn't it? Oh yes, Harry is something else. It's uh, great fishing, good fishing it, and and you can't catch fish all day long in it. Yeah, well, as, as you keep telling us. Yeah. A fair play to the first day we were out with you. Um, we were fishing quite a while. You, you put us right on the tactics. Uh, you have some killer flies yourself, for I owe the odd one, yes. <laughs> I, I, the Madeira hedgehog, uh, I, I come up with, it really works well. So. Yeah, it does actually. Yeah, yeah it's it one of the main flies. It has done really well for us here. Yeah. And also the style of fishing it. It's yes, yeah. exactly, yeah. No too long a line. Yeah, you, were, you pointed that out to us the first yeah. day, because yeah. like, we started off sort of chucking out feral length of line and, yeah. um, and wrapping it back, yes. yeah. Yeah. No, it wasn't going to work. <laughs> <laughs> you, you were very, you were very good. And you just said it to us. You just said because mm. we were saying it to you. What do you think, Rat? You just said too long a line and too fast. Yeah. And yeah. we changed. And yeah, I, I, it was glorious for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like, we have Harry here. What's your favourite lake here? As a toss up. I, I grew up fishing tennis, so I have a very soft spot for tennis. Same as you. But the uh, uh, Harry is Harry is something else. It's, it's, yeah. You're gonna like because it's clear water, you, uh, beautiful fish, yeah. and you can see them coming up and taking it, and and that. So it is. Harry. Well, yeah, I have to say, like I'd say, it, the first day I was out with you, when it was very dark that day, yeah, and everything was grey, and the next thing the water would erupt with this beautiful light golden. Brown fish, they are beautiful yeah, fish. Yeah, lovely fish and in great condition. Yeah. You know, so, and when you see that coming through the wave after you, it's something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. really it is. Yeah. Um, just, we fished on a couple of other lakes there and we fished on Swan Egg. Um, no, I, I stuck on that. No, hold on. 
So, like you were saying there, um, when you think of it, we catch a fish all the time. You have fished in Ireland, haven't you? I've fished in Ireland, you yes. Fished a and fished of internationals. Yes, and it's uh, different. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. A bit doing on a nasty place, you know. And that's it, isn't it? I yeah. Mean, like, we, that's the thing we're finding here. Um, like, you fished Khan at an international back yeah. in the 90s. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, here is so much more lively. Yeah, it? so, yeah, yes, it's, uh, you're going the whole day on, on Ivan, hoping for a couple of takes. Yeah. You know, but they, and uh, in fact, the, the year I was there, most of them never caught a fish the whole time they were there. Yeah. yeah. So, a. Uh, I was lucky I caught fish every day, but uh, uh, it is, you're just praying for a fish more or less. It's yeah. no, it's not going to be, uh, if you miss it, that's your chance over. Could yeah. be, that could be the only chance you get. Yeah. So, so. You didn't miss the I'm I, speaking of the competitions, you know, fair play to you, because I'm, I'm here in the, in the Harrier site, and since 1971, the Orkney's Trout Fishing Association of a Fly Fisherman of the Year and there's a fantastic board here behind me with all the names on it and it's pretty impressive the number of times you've had it normal yes i've had i've got one a few times you know uh, yeah so uh what is it 16 times 16 times 16 yeah. times that is phenomenal yeah. and that's over uh 10 10 to 14 competitions a year yes that's right yeah you really have had the competition scene here yeah uh in the club I it's uh, it's all it all kind of revolves around the competition scene, yeah. here, you know, yeah. all the members and that. So and that probably is the core of why the club. Yeah, so well. that's right. Yes, because right. you're meeting every what is you ten to fourteen competitions. Yeah, you near know, a competition every week in the fishing season. So. When did they start? Oh, it's that's been on the go. I don't know when the, the, the when they started. There must be ninety seventy one there. Seventy one, yeah, yeah. Seventy one, but I didn't start fishing till nineteen eighty. So, right. so. Uh, you didn't start fishing in 1980, and I'm looking here at the list, and in 1982, you won it the first time. Yeah, I won it the first time in 82, and then I won it, what, six, six years in a row, so, right. so yeah, they were getting a bit fed up with me. <laughs> and they could be got fed up with you, Norman, no. <laughs> and the competitions here, they run, was it from the 1st of May till the end of August? Yeah, the first, the, the first one's usually the first Sunday in May, yeah. and then it, the, the last one's about the end of August. Right. So... And come here, what's the fishing like here? Like we're here in the middle of July, and you're telling us we're lucky with the weather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You must get, do you get some fairly? Yeah, it used to be that uh, people used to ask me when's the best time to come up, and I say, oh, May June. But now I tell them not to come up before the last week in June. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, because the weather can be that bad. Yeah, I don't know why it's changed, but it's you can get gales the whole way through. Right. Actually, June this this June this year it wasn't too bad. Yeah, with the nothing but sunshine. But uh, you've been very lucky to get out the number uh, every day. You've been very lucky. Day. But interesting, you know, we still lost half a day. You still lost half a day that yeah. Sunday. Yeah, it was. Yeah. A, it was so it just goes to show. Yeah. And Camille, what's it like then in September? It's fairly. Ah, uh, it can be gay hit or miss in September. Yeah. You can get some beautiful Septembers. Other times it's yeah. uh, it can be terrible. Yeah. But uh, that's why we finish our competitions in August. In August, can, right. Because the. Well, you could be that you wouldn't go for a week or two weeks, you know what I mean? So, we wouldn't get some horrendous winds in this place. Yeah, you were saying that. Yeah. And so, and it's, well, we got, for the depth of law, we got a big wave in it. We can get a big, fairly yeah. big wave, and it's, uh, it can be some very hairy journeys at times. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. I would say so. Yeah. Well, how are you doing this year in the I'm actually in second. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Are you? Yeah, well, I was topped in the last competition. I'm two points behind. That was on Sunday, wasn't it? Sunday, yes. Yeah, and you were saying you had what? You had um, you had six fish. By six one fish by one o'clock, and then nothing after that. And I was <laughs> stupid enough not not to change. <laughs> yeah, but you see, that's the thing. It was working for you. It was working for me, and you always think, oh, the next class is going to be one, yeah. next class, but they didn't work with that way. The boy who won it, the boy who said that Bobby, he he got us for the last fish at one o'clock as well. I never touched another right. fish. That's the way so it that's the way it goes, yeah. So. But you're not too bad, you're lying second. I'm lying second, yeah, no bad for an old chap. My God, that's some going, Tom. Uh, was it 16 first place? Yeah, 16 like, anglers, the anger of the year. Yeah, I, some going. He's like the Man United, Alex Ferguson, dominant of the Premier League years. Yeah, well, here's where we differ. I, I would have said like he's a bit like Bob Paisley of <laughs> seven days. <laughs> 
Well, but Man yeah, United yeah, did have guilty. 13 <laughs> titles in 26 years, but who's counting? Um, well, yeah, okay. <laughs> you won't drag me into it. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me this, though. Like, and he was saying, like, he only started fishing when he was five fishing when yeah, he was 29. He like. it's fun. Yeah. Um, no, he fished before. And uh, his biggest fish, and we haven't discussed much of them, but there's a lot of smaller lakes on, you know, they've done a boats and they can fish from the shore. His biggest fish was up on 10 pounds, but it was when he started fishing as a youngster on a worm. I think that was the lockest scale, I think. Um, yeah, so he, he did fish, but he just got into five fishing uh, when he was much later and yeah, found out he was kind of good at it. Yeah. Kind of good at it, right? Like, yeah. God. Interestingly, actually, what we saw up there, while we were on about it, we saw a guy fly fishing with worms. There's a couple of guys do it up there. Yeah, they roll cast. With live yeah. worms? Is that legal in Ireland? Well, yeah, I think so. I can't see how it would be illegal. If fishery rules don't allow worms, then it's illegal. But if fishery rules allow uh, worms, then it has to be legal. Work for salmon. Oh, my God. Sorry. Thinking. <laughs> it, never, it never occurs to me. Yeah. The yeah. worms on the hook. Mm. Throw a few yeah, feathers. And he was, was roadcasting. Yeah, he was roadcasting. He wasn't... Um, he wasn't. Um, it's an interesting one. And yeah, actually, there is a, there, there a bait casting club on the island, section club, but the, the fly fishing is the big, the big one. Because uh, we asked as well, there's all legal methods and you can troll on the lakes as well. And apparently, dapping used to be big there. That's not that was what I was going to ask you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But see, dapping isn't big in Norway, you see. So that's why I didn't cross to the Orkneys. Well, maybe that's why. Although the flies yeah. they did use were the Lahordis. Did you actually did you see much um, Irish wet flies being used? Or influence. Yeah, or... oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And the dabblers will work there. We caught on the dabblers. Yeah. We did catch on the dabblers. Yeah. But did yeah. like local anglers would they because in fairness to Stan Headley, I remember from reading his articles, he would he would mention the Irish flies, wouldn't he? Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And would say to put them on a cast and use them. And and, and they do they do really work there. I caught I caught on dabblers, and I actually caught on a dabbler when I was fishing the sunk line, right as well, in the middle of the second from second from bottom. So the Irish flies do work there. And uh, I think I, I call it a stimulator. Another day, I just chucked up a stimulator just to try. Any sea trout? Uh, not when we were there. Not when we were there. But when there were sea trout caught on Harry the Sunday before we, uh, the Sunday we arrived, that we were on Swanee, there were sea trout caught. And yeah, a couple of the bigger fish that show up tend to be sea trout. And do they, is there much of an active, like, do they actively go after them? Is there a big... Interestingly, there's sea trout fishing there. Um, it opens on the 25th of February, I think. I think it's around then. And it's all done in the sea. It's done in the salt water. Standing by the shore, kind of like, is it? Yeah. Or estu- Standing or? in the seaweed, yeah. And it can be quite good, I believe. What about salmon? Uh, no. No, we asked that. Uh, I think yeah, there have been salmon caught there. Well, that's um, a bite, bite catch or whatever. Yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no salmon fishery on it at all. Like it's primary, it's brown trout heaven. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's brown That's trout heaven. Yeah, and it's amazing. You think, yeah, I'm still mulling over that question that you gave to me, you know? And it's a really good question. But I think uh, when you go and you get that action, I, there was another, there's other lads over there at the moment, uh, Irish lads as well, from Galway, and one of them was saying to us before we went over, it could spoil you for wet fly fishing. Yeah. It would actually spoil you wet fly fishing. Now, that said, dries do work there. Uh, but there was never a day for us that there was any big hatches of fly or the conditions suited us. There was actually, sorry, I tell a lie, a boardhouse. The day we were on boardhouse, the wind dropped and fish started rising. But I didn't bother switching to dries because we were catching them on the wets as well. And actually, I caught a couple of fish. What you would do is, when you were doing the hogs, is you'd just chuck out the hogs, right? Give them a flick, chuck them out and leave them. And even though you're on intermediate, they would stay floating for They'd come up. up to 10 seconds. Yeah. So I've got a couple of fish off the top like that. But do the local anglers not do it as much, is it? Or why bother when you can just catch them on the wet side? Is yeah, I wouldn't say they don't do it as much. Talk to them, they do do it. Hmm. Um, you know, and they get hatches of olives there. I'd like to see that when it happens. And they get they can get quite large hatches of sedge. And also what they get is they get big falls of daddy long legs. It's really interesting. It's something that I never think of here, but we're doing a drift and next thing, 
Stu and Norman are getting the look behind all cattle in the field. And what do you mean? Oh, they'll they'll stir up the cow dung flies. Or if they're daddy if they're daddy long legs, they'll stir them up. Yeah, yeah. And they get blown out. Like how I see the pictures. Yeah, I stop. I mean the fish were just beautiful. Fish were just beautiful. It really was. My question to you is, would you go back? That's the ultimate. Yes. We decided <laughs> yeah, on the ferry. <laughs> yeah, I know no, seriously. We decided on the ferry. To be honest, we all decided beforehand anyway, you know. So would you do would you make that like an annual pilgrimage kind of take yeah, a week you would, over? You, yeah, yeah. I mean the the fishing was just lovely. Now that said. Uh, another thing that happened, we've got, we've got a lovely house, which always makes things really yeah. nice. You know, the accommodation, crack with the lads is good, and that always makes a trip as well, you know? Yeah, and um, you can do, do it with the car as well. Like. Yeah, and you can bring all your stuff, which is great. Yeah, so like, um, yeah, but anyway, to answer your question, yeah, without a doubt. Well, look, that's bucket list number three. Um, we'll have another one actually coming up probably the end of the summer. We should do them every quarter, I think. Yeah, um, it should actually. Yeah. At least, because I can't really believe it's, it's only three. Um, mm. We've another one actually coming up. Ken Whelan um, went to Montana. Mm. So that'll be an I'm interesting looking forward one. to that, actually. Yeah, really looking forward to that one. We'll line that up as well. But so, And I'm looking forward to the pictures. We'll put them up on social media. I've got my uh, geography lesson, my history lesson, and my fishing lesson all in one now. Our thanks to Ken, Stu, and to Norman for joining us on the show. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow the Ireland on the Fly podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Plus, you can keep up to date on IrelandOnTheFly.com as well as on Instagram. And myself and Tom will be back with another episode about the people and places of fly fishing in Ireland.